Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. What's up, fellas? I'm here with Tim, who doesn't know how to act when he can't do the drops. Yeah, well, I don't know how to act. You just said fellas. What about the ladies? And ladies. Fellas is unisex. Is so not unisex. For me, it's unisex. Fellas, what? How is fellas unisex? I'm not saying men. I'm saying fellas. You are saying men. What's it? It's oh, the same what? thing. I'm gonna look up the definition of fellas. What? What do you mean you're gonna look? See if up it's the like there's a. If there's it's a, not women. Well, let's see. Ladies, it's fellas. Ladies, we got we got to look out for the ladies here. We're an equal opportunity podcast. True that. Um, let's see the definition of fellas. Non-standard spelling of fellow. Come on, that doesn't help at all. <laughs> <laughs> hey there, well, fellow. <clears throat> while Michael looks up the term fellas, I just want you guys know uh, that it's playoff time, baby. Yeah, it we're is. here for you during playoff time. Make sure you join our Patreon, patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy for everything you need with the extra waiver wire help. Uh, next week's waiver is going to be mad, mad important, obviously. It's going to set people up for the playoffs. Um, even if you're not in the playoffs, you're going to win your consolation bracket because no one wants to be in last place because yep. most last place get either shit on for the remainder of the year or are they have a punishment. Yeah, we're punished. We are Bad. yet to implement a 12th place punishment, and I'm very disappointed in our league for that. I, I think because in our league, like, the same two people are always in last place, so they're like, nah. <laughs> that's, that's like, true. we we never got to be worried about being in last place, so we obviously want a punishment. Fair enough, but I'm, I'm decreeing at this moment. I'm not even going to join the league next year if you don't have a 12th place punishment. That's a lie. That's absolutely it's a, a lie. That's a bold-faced lie, Michael. It is. That's, not how, that's how you want to start the show off? By by only half of viewers and lying? Yes. What is this? What is this shit? <laughs> uh, as, it, as you guys can probably tell, Tim is coming through the internet, the crazy thing called the internet, because the weather up in New York is trash this weekend. Trash. Well, not this weekend. It's a Monday. This this start to this week is pure trash. So we trash. are coming live to you through the internet. Should we should we say what happened to Jason? Uh, we can, yeah, sure. So yesterday, Jason heading up to upstate New York, which I've made very clear is not the same as New York City. Two different areas. Not talking any shit about New York State. Love the New York Staters. It's just a different planet than New York City. So when he's going up there, the roads are slippery. The roads are never slippery in New York City because there's people driving on them. Let's put it, put it out there. Guy tries to switch lanes. He spins off the road, breaks through the barrier, hits a tree, and now he's he's fine. So yeah. if if you're concerned, he's he went through the whole process of getting towed, and my parents had to drive out to pick him up. He was halfway up there already. It was terrible. He was kind of shaking last night. Although we played a board game, and he murdered us. So I think that he <laughs> might have just like been so into life at that point he was just at, at his best jason yeah so J- but, jason is perfectly fine despite the accident it was uh yeah scary there for a little bit yeah we got a little nervous we you know something serious is going on when you mute red zone <clears throat> yes and we muted we even red missed zone. a few touchdowns but i'm sure we'll be forgiven for that 
Yeah, we even uh, we muted it. We missed a few touchdowns, but that's because we just want to make sure Jason was safe and sound. Yeah, and he is. So yeah, Set, at Jason Patrop on social media if you want to send him a little shout out. Yep, and now uh, we're gonna watch the Monday Night Football game together, and it's gonna be a solid game. I honestly think, similar to how I correctly predicted the Rams Ravens game last week, I think this is going to be a Vikings coming out party because Seattle is not that good of a team outside. You of You are. I'm making a bet. 34-27 Minnesota. I'll take Seattle to win straight up. You take Minnesota to win straight up. Yeah, sure. Sounds good to me. <clears throat> They're making that bet. I'm, I'm, Seattle's going to run over the Vikings, who are literally the probably in the NFC the easiest team to pass on. Well, that's just false. You'll see in about an hour, Tim. You'll see. You will see because they allow number one receivers to go crazy like it's nobody's business. Xavier Road to stand for Xavier Road to touchdowns. Yeah, no denying Xavier Rhodes has been trash, but still, I think Minnesota wins. <clears throat> the Rhodes. The Rhodes to touchdowns. All right, speaking of Rhodes, uh, you got you want to get into this news, Michael? Uh, let's get into the uh, headlines for today, Tim. Yeah, the news. Let's do it. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Good old Donnie. T.Y. Hilton. This is not what you wanted to hear um, if you're a T.Y. Hilton fan. Frank Reich is hopeful T.Y. Hilton will return this season. Yeah, Ugh. not very good. If you are a T.Y. Hilton owner, you got burned uh, multiple times this this season. First time is when you found out Andrew Luck wasn't going to be his quarterback. Second time is when he was playing. He was kind of just mediocre outside the first two weeks where he scored three touchdowns. And then the third time is when he's missing all this time, coming back, missing games, during games, in and out, no no real answers. So if you're a T.Y. T.Y. Hilton, if you drafted him this year or traded for him, you're just disappointed, and it seems like the disappointment is going to continue. Yeah, and I'm not even really sure who you're talking about. I'm talking about Tajimania Cricket Hilton. Um, oh, he, yeah, that's right, Tajimania yeah, Cricket. Tajimania Cricket Hilton <laughs> has been quite the disappointment. Not quite as satisfying as Jiminy Cricket, Tajimania Cricket Hilton. But, I mean, it's been a rough season, and honestly, if you're, like, in sixth place or fifth place – just the uh, and you need to make a move for this week. I mean, you could kind of, you could more than likely just drop Ty Hilton at this point. Oh man, really? You think so? <laughs> if he's hopeful, he'll return. That's including week seventeen. So, I mean, if you're desperate, I mean, I would try to hang on to him. But if you're desperate and you really need a spot, go for it. Yeah. Um, Matt Breida, actually, actually, not. Like a robot this year. Yeah. He's hurt, and he's actually hurt. But Kyle Shanahan said he's optimistic about Matt Breida returning week 14. Now, here's why I want to talk about this. Because Raheem Mostert, and we'll get more into this later, was the primary back last week. Tevin Coleman, as we talked about on last Monday's show, has been given the opportunity but has not done anything with the opportunity. At he has all. struggled ever since, his, ever since his four touchdown game. He's been highly disappointing. So with that being said... When Matt Breida does come back, Matt Breida, obviously, when he's on the field, is a excellent producer. So, do you think Kyle Shanahan does some crazy shit 
and gives Raheem Mostert some of Tevin Coleman's carries? Or do you think when Breida comes back, it's going back to Coleman Breida? Man, uh, the thing, though, is that Tevin Coleman was first in line again. He just really wasn't getting anything going, and Mostert looked so good on his first few carries that they just kind of rode him. And we've seen... You are right, but you are right, but I, I got to throw out there that he was first in line, but usually Kyle Shanahan, no matter how good a running back is doing, we've seen this a lot of times with Matt Breida breaking off like 10 yards of carry, and then he puts in Tevin Coleman or Raheem Mostert or Jeff Wilson anyway. We've seen him go back to other backs anyway. Once Mostert got going, it was the Mostert show, and Kevin Coleman was nowhere to be found. Yep. Now, this could just be a coaching kind of like – because remember, Kyle Shanahan has a history of Tevin Coleman. He was Tevin Coleman's coach the last time he was really fantasy super relevant, right? So he has a history with him. He paid him a, a, the same amount of money that, that, uh, that Mark Ingram got paid in the offseason, right? So when, you, when you're thinking about that, there is a history there. So I, I think there is some hope that this is just kind of a – uh, lesson to be learned for Tevin Coleman, but I think that this could be Brita and Mostert going forward. I don't, don't think that's out of the question. Yeah, especially because Shanahan has shown that he likes Mostert. Like, in the yeah. past, he's used a lot. He was in for the overtime uh, game. I forgot who they went to overtime with, but he was in during basically the entire overtime, and you were upset as a Tevin Coleman owner about that. But, like, we've also seen Jeff Wilson get work, Matt Brita, of course. But, yeah, this is weeks now where Tevin Coleman has just been abysmal as their lead running back. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Mostert leading the pack next week. I still expect it to be a split, especially if Breida comes back. But, yeah, it's uh, definitely concerning for Coleman owners. And Rohi Mostert looked like a beast. Yeah, he did. Um, so, another – we told you last week, on if you listen to the po- the Patreon podcast – that John Ross, if you have a spot on your IR available, go ahead and stash him because he's coming back next week. Well, they say he will be back next week. Let's not forget the first two weeks of the season, John Ross was your league leader in receiving yards. Now, Auden Tate has come around, and he did have a decent game against the Jets. Andy Dalton is back. We know that Andy Dalton can air it out. So the question is, what type of value does John Ross have? Yeah, uh, great for every single player on the Bengals that Andy Dalton returned because their offense just looked completely different yesterday against the Jets than it did at any point with Ryan Finley. But yeah, like you said, John Ross has shown in the past that he could, uh, in the past this season, that he could uh, break out those big plays. So it's definitely something to consider. And I mean, he could have some flex appeal if you're making it to the playoffs, which you likely are if you're still surfing the waiver wire. He's not someone you could just add and trust right away, but he's certainly someone that you could uh, add and hold on to and just consider going forward to. If he has a nice couple, a nice two-game stretch or so, then put him in there the last couple weeks or so and just put him in your flex spot. It looks like the tight end that people who don't know what they're talking about in fantasy were recommending all summer beg you to stay away from him. He had a big debut, and everyone was taking victory laps. After that, he's done absolutely nothing. Um, TJ Hawkinson hits the IR. Now, this is not to say that TJ Hawkinson doesn't have a bright future ahead of him because he could, but we told you, rookie tight ends do not do anything in the National Football League. 
That's just how it goes. The position is too complex, and there's too many things to do for a rookie to ever have success. So it turns out if you drafted TJ Hawkinson, some, some, I still remember ADP going in the seventh round in the, in the sixth, as early as the sixth round sometimes, most of the time in the eighth or ninth round. Just an absolute waste of a pick. Another reason why you should listen to Brodo. No, I'm flexing right now. I'm flexing a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Tough Giblets Hawkinson is now on the IR. So, if you if you hit him, if you drafted him, it was Tough Giblets for you. Tough Giblets, all right. <laughs> um, Minshew Mania is back, baby. Uh, we were talking about this in the car, me, you, and Jason, because obviously, as you guys know, we talk about f- football. What would you say football takes up about 58% of our conversations? Right when you said 50, I thought 58, and then you said 58. So, yeah, we're right on the same page. <laughs> I would say 58% of our conversations is about football. So, of course, we're not talking football on, on the podcast. We're talking football out of the podcast. And we're talking with Johnny, too, because Johnny is also insightful. We're talking about how you can't – you got to sit falls. And it's clear that this offense is not running as well with Minshew. Minshew – makes up for a bad offensive line by buying time in the pocket. He came in in the second half last week, bought time in that pocket, found open receivers in the end zone. Now, he did throw a really bad pick, but with that being said, he does bring extra life to the offense, and Doug Marone wants to ride that life. He says Gardner Minshew will be the starter week 14 against the Chargers. Yeah, what a disaster Nick Foles has been. That first half against Tampa Bay was just atrocious. Not a single catch for DJ Chark against Tampa Bay in the whole first half is just absurd. And then Minshew Mania came in, and if he didn't throw that interception at the goal line, man, which it just bounced out of D.D. Westbrook's hands. Like, if D.D. Westbrook just catches that ball, it's a seven-point game with, like, seven or eight minutes left, and the Jaguars have a real shot of coming back from 24 down. So Gardner Minshew really brought life into that offense, and they're making the right choice sticking with him over Foles. Uh, another quarterback news, Freddie Kitchen says Baker Mayfield should be fine for week 14 against the Bengals. Remember, he left with what looked like, and it, it looked, it looked like it could be bad because we saw Drew Brees hurt his thumb on a throw. I believe we, no, the, uh, Ben Roethlisberger hurt his elbow, but it was on a similar kind of like non-con thing. Um, Baker hit, like grazed the helmet of Bud Dupree, um, but they said that he, past the MRI, and that he should be good for week 14 against the Bengals. I will say this, though. When you hurt your hands, even if it's not a broken bone or a torn ligament or anything like that, that shit affects you the way you throw. Yeah. Um, he, he was not very good in the second half against Pittsburgh. I mean, he wasn't great in the first half either, but he was even worse in the second half. So something to keep an eye on. I mean, if he practices in full throughout the week, then I wouldn't be worried, but... If it's all limited practices, then it's definitely a little concerning, especially for a QB on his throwing hand. For real. Um, also, left tackle Greg Robinson still in the concussion protocol. Um, so, you know, uh, there's a guy. His name is Brett Coleman on Twitter. He does film breakdowns. He just recently released a 30-minute video on Baker Mayfield and what his problem has been. Dude. I, I watched that video, and you know, you see, like, it's weird in the pocket what he does, and but I couldn't put my finger on it. Turns out he takes a little hop step before he takes his drops, and that drops him a yard or two farther than usual, and his left tackles have to 
have to block these speedy defensive ends of even more outside, and he's getting killed because of it. Interesting. They not, and they're not changing it. And it's it, it was really eye-opening because when you watch Baker Mayfield drop back, you're like, this doesn't look like a regular drop back. And, it, you know, it didn't hit me right away. But when he really, like, analyzes that, that hitch that he does, and it, it all makes sense. So, I mean, good luck, Baker Mayfield. He's been getting killed this year. And part of it is his fault. It's not just the offensive line. Um, Julio Jones is said to be trending upward for week 14. Yeah. I mean, he was a game-time decision for a Thursday night game, so I'm sure he'll be ready to go for a Sunday game this week. Uh, Taylor Gabriel remains in the concussion protocol. We'll talk about um, Taylor Gabriel in just a second because I have one of the guys in one of the categories that might be in his place. I'm not doing a good job of hiding this. But, um, yeah, as long as Taylor Gabriel is out, Anthony Miller – uh, 26% target share in his last three games, Anthony Miller. Um, so we'll talk more about that again. But if Taylor Gabriel's out, that really makes uh, Anthony Miller an attractive option. Yeah, I liked Miller a lot last week once Gabriel was ruled out, and he went 9 for 140. So quite a game for Anthony Miller. Chester Rogers out for 2019. Not really fantasy relevant, but get well soon. Chester. Austin Hooper back at practice. Could be back this week. He has, he was the tight end one before he went down. That would be a giant, giant, giant buoy for those of us who are Hooper owners. I don't know why I said us because I don't own any shares of Hooper, unfortunately. Yeah, whoever had Austin Hooper, that was a big loss for them with the tight end landscape. You're going from like 15 to 20 points a game to probably four to seven, if that many, depending on who you streamed. So definitely a big playoff factor. Uh, Austin Hooper, if he could return this week or next. All right. Um, that's it for the news. That's all, all right. I got, bro. So uh, our first segment, we saw that coming. You want to get right into it? Let's do it. Let's do it. I saw that coming from a mile away. All right, Tim. Hit me. Who did you see coming this week? Ooh, I get first... I get first uh, crack at this shit. Yeah, I mean, when I'm doing the inside look, uh, I'm playing the um, the drops. Timmy can't hear it. Only you guys could hear the drops. So he's just kind of playing off me, so I'm the one who has to facilitate here. Ooh, whoa. Uh, anyway, all right, so I'm, I'm going to do this. Uh, my first guy is Miles Sanders. Uh, we mentioned that Miles Sanders would be a fantastic play if – uh, Jordan Howard ended up missing time. Jordan Howard ended up being out for that game. And Miles Sanders did not disappoint. He ended with 105 yards and a, and a touchdown from scrimmage. Caught five passes. So if you're in a PPR league or half PPR league, he added some points there. In my half PPR, he scored me 19 points out of my flex, which I was really happy about until uh, the fact is that I sat James White, who ended up scoring the most fantasy points of the week of anyone. Um, so yeah, I ended up winning my matchup, so I'm not that sad, but, uh, if you started Miles Sanders, you are very happy with your choice because Miles Sanders, uh, did not disappoint. Yeah. Against Miami it was about damn time. He didn't disappoint. I mean, it, this is, this is why sometimes matchups you got to play because look, he's not, he hasn't been playing great, but if you're looking in the future, he's got the giants, Washington and Dallas. And if he continues to hold the backfield without Jordan Howard, 
he becomes a starter every single week. Yeah. Uh, it completely dependent on the Jordan Howard injury, though. One hundred percent dependent. If Jordan Howard comes back, I am not playing Miles Sanders at all. Yep. All right. So my uh, first, we saw that coming. Devin Singletary of the Buffalo Bills. Guaranteed a touchdown. Even got a little frisky and said maybe he'll score two. But I guaranteed at least one and find the end zone he did. Put up over 100 yards total. Three receptions to boot with 38 yards receiving. Caught the receiving touchdown. Put up 17.6 half PPR fantasy points. And he is just the last three weeks. He's been very consistent producer. Uh, 8.4 three weeks ago. 12.9 two weeks ago. And then 17.6 this week. In those blurbs, those Yahoo blurbs, I give them a read sometimes. And sometimes it's some s- smart stuff because there's some smart guys over there in Roto World. But like in this one for Devin Singletary, they say he can be depended on in the fantasy playoffs as a high-end RB3. Like, first off, duh. What? A high-end RB3? Like, Devin Singletary has been leading one of the most run-heavy backfields for the past four weeks now. And has been consistent every single week. So I don't know what what kind of bullshit that is. But yeah, shout out to Devin Singletary who had a very nice week against Dallas on um, on Thanksgiving. I'm going to stick with a Thanksgiving tie guy too. I'm going to go Jared Cook as my second seen that coming. We mentioned Jared Cook on the waiver show a few weeks ago. We mentioned him on the, uh, ri- the uh, Rising Stocks last week. We mentioned him on the weekly um, the Thanksgiving preview. Uh, if you didn't check that out, uh, it's it's a little late, but you know, go check it out. Uh, doesn't really make sense to check it out, but yeah, go do it. Make it happen. Um, uh, but he got three receptions for 85 yards. Again, clearly Drew Brees' second target. Uh, mo- even more than that, he let a he let a touchdown go right through his hands. Um, he also had one go off his fingertips on the sideline during the game. So he had an opportunity for more. I think that he still gave you a good game. You're taking 10 points and half PPR out of a tight end any day. But the fact that he could have scored even more makes me very excited for him going forward. Um, and I think that he is locked and loaded tight end one for the remainder of the year as long as as long as long he stays healthy and as long as Drew Brees is healthy. So um, Jared Cook saw that one coming for sure. Yeah, he could certainly be in the stock up se- section as well. Um, I saw my last we saw that coming sticking with the tight end theme here Tim is Darren Waller Uh, I spoke about Waller on the preview episodes saying how once Hunter Renfro went out you could have expected a lot more targets for Darren Waller who is averaging over three more targets a game um, before Hunter Renfro became a big part of that offense in the slot and that's exactly what happened against KC he saw nine targets and went seven for a hundred Going forward, Tennessee, Jacksonville, and the Chargers with Hunter Renfro on IR. You got to think Darren Waller is in for a large workload the rest of the season. Yeah, if you're a Hunter Renfro, I mean, um, Darren Waller owner, and you've been struggling a little bit because you're used to the big numbers there, that's going to be a nice buoy for you as well going into the playoffs. So that's that's a, that's a big one. Yep. That's it for the – we saw that coming, right? I only got two. That's it. All right, let's move on to the surprise, surprise players who surprised us this week. Surprise, motherfucker. Surprise, Timmy Tim Tim. Who's your first surprise, surprise? I'm going to tell you right now, this guy is shocking for a numerous reasons. Number one, if you were to ask me who was going to score the most fantasy points this week, 
I would never have said James White. Yep. That wouldn't have crossed my mind. Do you know why it wouldn't have crossed my mind? Because in the first nine weeks of the season before the bye, in the first eight weeks of the season, I'm sorry, he scored in between nine and 10.7 points every single week. He was the most consistent player in fantasy. So what does he follow that up with? Week 12 and 13, he follows up a 0.4 performance with a 33.7 point half PPR performance. Talk about inconsistency. Not even that. The game where you thought he was going to – oh, Mo Sanu is out. Um, Philip Dorsett is out. It's going to be the James White show. They can't do shit. And then last week, when these guys are back, guess what? Guess what happens? He scores the most points in fantasy. It doesn't make any sense. It's classic Patriots. But with that being said, this is this is very good to see because you saw that, that clip that's been going around the Tom Brady talking to his wide receiver. He's like – we're robotic out of there. We got to be faster. We got to be more explosive. We got to stop fucking around. Like you see him on the sideline talking to them, and he's going to the guy that he knows can make plays for him, and that's James White. Next week, they play Kansas City, who's been terrible against the running back fantasy-wise. They're at Cincinnati, who's the, the, the uh, I'm sorry, the worst number 32 run defense in the entire NFL. And then you got Buffalo, a team that they historically beat down on, a team that they'll probably, in Week 16, be playing for a bye week. They'll probably want to avoid Buffalo, probably want to hand them a loss. So with that being said, James White, his stocks, his stock, because of this game, I think, is on the uprise. I know for me, I'm starting him over Tevin Coleman in my playoff matchup next week. Yeah, um, that kind of came out of nowhere for James White. The game script obviously played into it too, though. Uh, like it was a 24 to nine game or something of that sort so they really had to go pass heavy at the end but James White also had since he was on the field so much 14 rush attempts for 79 yards which is absolutely That's absurd by far on his. top of the 11 targets and the two receiving touchdowns so that really by came out of nowhere his, by far his season high in rush attempts and I, I mean I don't you don't have to be a rocket science scientist to figure that out and I don't need to give you the exact numbers to figure that out but his previous high in rush attempts Nine. Yeah. I mean, he outscored his last four games combined just last week, so pretty nuts. I, I raise you your number one score with the number one receiving score, a number two score overall. Dude, Devontae Parker. Now, I'm not surprised that Devontae Parker had a great game. I had him ranked higher than consensus. I'm a, I was big on Devontae Parker this week. He's been super consistent of late. But to just completely manhandle Philly like he did, who's been having, who's been, their defense has been improving throughout the entire year. And then it's just got completely manhandled. Darby, Mills, all of them. Fitzpatrick just kept throwing the ball up to Devontae Parker. And Parker just kept going up and getting it at the high point over and over and over. The two touchdowns, 159 yards on seven receptions. He went absolutely ridiculous on the Eagles. And after. Last night, I tweeted that Devontae Parker might be the best receiver in the AFC East. I was like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but that might be the truth. And the only real competition is Julian Edelman, but Julian Edelman's older, and he looks old this season. He leads the league and drop passes. So, I mean, if I was choosing right now, I think I'd choose Devontae Parker. It's pretty nuts because he's always had this kind of um, this pedigree. But not pet- potential. Yeah. 
He 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 didn't have the pedigree. So when it comes to oh, he absolutely had the pedigree. What are you talking about? He's a first round pick. I mean, yeah, but he's this is fifth season. Well, yeah, it doesn't mean only he didn't so... have the pedigree. He's just a very slow start, apparently. Nah, I mean, whatever. We could we could argue over vocabulary, <laughs> but this but the the fact of the matter is that this came out of nowhere, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is the truth. That's my guy. Do you know what really came out of nowhere? We sat here on the on the on the show and we said, you know, you got to start Kenny Galladay because you know he's your starter and. You know, you can't really go anywhere else, but I wouldn't really expect a big day from David Blau. And then on the fucking, I think the second play of the game, first pass of the game, yep. David goes, Blau, 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 for a 75-yard touchdown. You know, I, I got to say this. Someone we're not talking about this year that deserves a, a massive amount of credit, uh, D- Daryl Bevel, Darren Bevel, the offensive coordinator, for the for the Lions, wasn't in football for a while. Came back to football this this year. He was formerly the Seahawks offensive coordinator, and he is showing the fuck out. Um, he that play that Gall- they drew up to Galladay. No one's gonna expect you to with your third string quarterback deliver a pump and go on the second play of the game. Kenny Galladay sold it. Blau sold it, and Kenny Galladay came wide open. Not only did Kenny Galladay outdo expectations, some expectations that we didn't even have for him, he turned four catches into 158 yards. Ironically, his career high. So it just goes to show you in this landscape of fantasy football, you could put in all the work, you could assume, you could... A guy goes for his career high with a third-string quarterback against the one of the best pass defenses in the league. Fuck me, right? Pretty nuts, dude. That, like, this first... David Ball's first pass ever in an NFL game goes for a 75-yard touchdown. Shout out to him. Insanity. Yeah, that was absurd. So, yeah, he was definitely... And you know what? That was definitely the play call. The play call was perfect, so shout, shout out, for real. My uh, second and last surprise, surprise, uh, someone we discussed briefly already, so we don't got to go into this. Much, but Raheem Mostert um, just completely took the reins from Tevin Coleman after Coleman uh, really struggled to get going. Coleman, excuse me, Mostert stepped in there, absolutely dominated. 19 rushes for 146 yards and a touchdown against Baltimore is not an easy easy task. Going into next week against New Orleans, that's a very difficult task. But then he gets Atlanta and the Rams, which is easier if he ends up getting a large role in that offense going forward. He could be very interesting in a flex spot or RB2 spot in the uh, fantasy semifinals and championship. Facts. Very interesting. All right, Tim, let's get to our stock rising segment. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John... Our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. A grand slam home run, Tim. I'm going to start this one because that's just how I roll. I'm not used to going second every time, and I'm getting antsy over here, so I'm going first. My first stock up, Darius Geis. That dude went in against Carolina. Now, I know Carolina's front seven has been atrocious the entire season, but Not every single player is taking advantage of it, and Darius Geis 100% did 
on only to- on on only ten rush attempts, one hundred twenty nine rushing yards, two touchdowns, even added a couple uh, re- receptions. He just stiff armed stiff armed one of the Carolina Panthers defenders into oblivion. Got knocked down at the one and then ran it in anyways. The next play after, he looked absolutely beastly, and this is what. Redskins fans have been waiting for why they've been so excited about Geis for so long why we said to stash him earlier in the year for this moment basically when he has this type of stretch coming down at the end of the season I mean you don't want to trust a Washington Redskin running back but after last week's performance he's gonna make it hard to really look over him uh this coming week but man oh man Darius Geis looked like a beast the thing about not trusting Redskin, like, yeah, that's all good and dandy and everything, but they have shown one thing. They're committed to the run. They're going to run the ball whether they're up, whether they're down, whether they're sideways. And not for nothing since Bill Callahan took over and they remembered and they remembered what it was to run the ball. That team has what is he? They're three and four since he took over. So they're not a terrible team. So expect them to be more in games than they were previously. And also, you know, Darius, guys, when you look at him and you see his body type and then you see him run, you're like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. Why is a good running back? He's a he's a fucking bowling ball with great speed. So when you see it happen, it's just this is supposed to happen. So is there a low floor for Darius, guys, because he plays for the Redskins? Yes. And you saw that two weeks ago. But the ceiling is extremely high. And, yeah, I think that his stock is absolutely rising to become – uh, a starting piece on on a lot of if if this continues he'll probably be a starting piece on a lot of championship teams sounds like you agree with that stock up i gotta say sounds like you really agree with it i mean personally <laughs> i picked up i spent some fab money in all my leagues to pick up guys like three weeks early just to stash them for this and it's been paying off for me yeah who's your first stock up uh, my first stock up we mentioned this guy uh in the last stock up segment uh, last week, but I want to mention him again because he's actually doing it because his stock up last week was a hypothetical stock up, and that's Jack Doyle of the Indianapolis Colts. The hypothetical stock up was he's going to be better without Eric Ebron. Well, it's no more hypothetical anymore. Eric Ebron gone, and Jack Doyle gets 11 targets, six catches for 73 yards, and a touchdown. Oof, um, that is some big numbers from a tight end. 11 targets. You gotta love that. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing for a tight end. He ends up with 16.3 fantasy points and half point scoring. So I think Jack Doyle, it was it was definitely I, I think the consensus, I'm not gonna take credit for this, because I think the consensus around the fantasy community was that Eric Ebron is going to Eric Ebron's injury is gonna be good for Jack Doyle, right? But it was only a theory. Now it's in practice. Uh, and I think Jack Doyle's stock is rising. Yeah, and they also didn't have true throw values and true target values, which told you you could expect a top 10 performance out of Jack Doyle this week. That's what not it did. Not only theoretically, that, but you can expect it, and that is what happened. And not for nothing, uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to measure it's hard to measure touchdowns. So you know when a touchdown happens, it's it's a little bit different, but. What did we say? What did the projections say last week? We talked about it. The projections were if Jack Doyle gets uh, roughly 10 targets, which is what we're projecting for him, he's going to come out with in between 8 and t- uh, eight and 10 half-point PPR points. You take away the receiving touchdown, and he ends with 10 half-point PPR points. 
So just in case you were wondering about true throw values, brotofantasy.com, in case you were wondering. And he added an extra six points on top of that because of his TD. So holla at your boy. That's all I'm saying. Word up. Uh, going into my next stock up, my one and only true fantasy love, Robert Woods. Yo. The return. 13 yeah, yeah, for yeah. 172. This is his second game this season, actually, with over 160 receiving yards. He went 13 for 164 against Tampa. But 13 for 172 on 19 targets. This is now the game that he missed randomly, which sucked for fantasy owners. But four of his last five games, he's gone over 80 receiving yards. The last three games that he's played in, at least 95 receiving yards and at least six receptions. He is looking like he is... He's leading the team in yards and uh, targets and air yards. I know Jason hates that stat, but it helps. And he's leading all of that for uh, for the Rams. And you could say maybe it's just going to stop again. But it seems like to me that Brandon Cooks, he could be in the stock down section. I didn't put him there, but he's basically an afterthought in this offense at this point. Like he's just being used as a deep threat only. Like they're not using him at all. 34 to 7 win against Arizona where Jared Goff threw for over 400 yards and threw over 45 times and he only had two targets. Caught both for 24 yards but yuck. And coming off injuries too and now Robert Woods man just has been an absolute monster for 3 weeks now yardage total wise. He still hasn't found the end zone which is pretty frustrating but man Robert Woods really had a huge game this weekend. Shout out to Robbie Woods who I Sat for Miles Sanders. I, I, I swear, I, even when I play a great guy like Miles Sanders in some of my leagues, like it, I, I'll always get someone like like Robert Woods or James White who I sat them for. It's fucking fucking fantasy. Um, I, my guy, my second guy who's a stock up is James Washington. Now, this is a guy that I liked coming into the season. Um, a lot of people were on the Dante Moncrief bandwagon. I was on the James. Uh, Washington bandwagon. Turns out both of those bandwagons are pretty barren right now, particularly barren after the injury to Big Ben. But James Washington, the last two weeks with Duck Hodges, has built a nice rapport. He's caught two long touchdowns. He's put up back-to-back weeks of 17 or more points in uh, standard score and half PPR scoring. Excuse me. He's put up three three out of four weeks over 17 points. Um, if you go back to week nine, he has not scored under 6.4 points in half-point PPR, but that's the that's the dead lowest in a game where they only scored seven, um, and Mason Rudolph threw four, touch, four interceptions against Cleveland. So he's been really good since week nine. He's building a rapport. Looks like the favorite target of whoever's playing quarterback out there, and he gets some juicy matchups coming up uh, at Arizona week 14 and at the Jets um in week 16 so james washington is someone that uh i will definitely be talking about tomorrow on the waiver wire show only 23 percent old yeah i mean i don't know i still would be super hesitant to trust him as anything more than a flex i mean he's had these long completions but he has 10 receptions total after his last over his last three games uh i think it's tough for me to buy into it with duck hodges throwing the ball i mean you have to look at the share though like he yeah sure he said he's had 10 uh, catches, but you're talking about a guy in Duck Hodges who has only had 19, 19 completions. So he's had 10 
of 19 completions. That's a guy that's being trusted by his quarterback. So would you like to see the quarterback throw more? Sure. 20, only uh, 11 and 21 times is not going to create a wide receiver one all the time, but he's throwing to James Washington. Literally over half of his completions is to James Washington. So if you are in wide receiver hell, like for me, I got, I'm a T.Y. Hilton owner, and I started all, all, uh, I started uh, Tate uh, last week from the Bengals. Um, I can't start him again with John Ross back. It's going to be tough for me. So if I'm looking at a James Washington at Arizona situation, that's looking pretty fucking sexy. Yeah, I mean, if you're in the situation, I'm I'm just gonna be very hesitant to trust him. He he has a very low floor still, but so be it. My uh my final stock up, someone we've been waiting for for months. It feels like Robbie Anderson coming back onto the scene because it just seems like not a single. Jets receiver could be relevant. Not two Jets uh, receivers could be relevant at the same time. And for some reason, it's just going back to Robbie Anderson now over Jamison Crowder. Uh, Coming off an Oakland game where he went four for 86 and found the end zone. Found the end zone the previous week as well against Washington. And then this week against Cincy, he saw 10 targets, put together seven receptions for 101 yards. Great to see in a week where the offense looked absolutely abysmal. He was a serviceable wide receiver three. Miami, Baltimore, and Pitt to end the season. Not the best matchups weeks 15 and 16. But if he's going to be, if he's going to start being used downfield again as, and as the main passing threat for Sam Darnold, they're going to need to be passing a lot. So Robbie Anderson's stock is looking like he could start being a trustworthy wide receiver three flex option weekly again after that really bad stretch in the middle of the season. It's good to see from him, too, that he didn't catch a long touchdown. And I know that that's not the. Like we're you're like Tim, what the hell are you talking about? It's good to see that he didn't catch a long touchdown, but he put up these points without doing the you know the nine routes. He was he was showing more of a tree. The Jets didn't even score a touchdown. He still put up a fantasy viable game. So when Robbie Anderson is doing things that a uh, possession receiver usually does, that's good news. Um, I'm gonna stay in the wide receiver column. A guy that I was all over preseason, and he had a really slow start to the year. Some say he was hurt. That's the rumor. Others say Mitch Trubisky sucks. Um, that's also the rumor. Uh, but whatever it is, Mitch Trubisky has gotten better the last few games. He's had He had his best game of the season uh, this week on Thanksgiving. And Anthony Miller, who's my stock up, was the guy. Like I said, 33 targets in the last three weeks. A 26% target share on the team. Anthony Miller is being Peppered with targets, 13 targets, nine receptions for 140 yards last week, uh, nine targets the week before that, the week before that, 11 targets. He has been targeted like wild. Um, Taylor Gabriel does not look like he's going to come back anytime soon. So if that's the case, now there is some tough matchups. They got Dallas, they're at Green Bay, and Kansas City has been good against the pass. So, I mean, he's not a guy that I'm saying slot in there and play him every week. But if you're looking for a flyer, like in a situation like I just said, if you're if you're in a situation where you're rotating your wide receiver three, like I've been doing since Team Hilton went down, um, I think that it's he's a he's a good streamer option if you're desperate and uh, you could kind of count on him to get those targets. Yeah, um, like you said, tough schedule, but his stock is definitely up from what it once was. Nice stretch here for uh, Anthony Miller and 
glorious game against the the uh, the Lions. Glow, 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 glorious. Yeah. Our final segment, Ephemios. The stock down, or we get all depressed and shit. You ready? Can I, can I, can we just, could I just point out, like, I just Michaeled the shit out of that just now. That was just straight up Michael. That was such a Michael thing for me to do. It was. Go, go glorious. That's wow. so Michael. Uh, we're five know, minutes into the Monday Night Football game. Chris Carson got kneed in the head by Jacob Hollister, and he's not looking good down on the ground. Oh, snap. That yeah. has a lot of fantasy repercussions around That's around rough. a lot of parts. I hope he's including, all right. Oh, my God. I hope he's all right, too. Yeah. Shout uh, out to Chris Carson. I mean, that, on that depressing note, let's get into our final depressing segment. Let's do it. The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. Goodbye, Rojo. It's been nice. Hope you find your paradise, Rojo. That's obviously my first stock down. Have you seen that? <laughs> uh, You've seen that Office episode already, right? Goodbye, Toby. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been watching a lot of Office lately. Yeah, Goodbye, Toby. Is a, that's, one of the, that's one of the greats. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, with that being said, Ronald Jones. Like, dude, Timmy was saying all Sunday morning, Ronald Jones or Miles Sanders, Ronald Jones or Miles Sanders. And I was like, dude, I don't care about the matchup there's a chance Ronald Jones just gets Peyton Barbered literally every single game is a chance that happens just go with Miles Sanders thankfully Tim did I, go I with was, Miles Sanders I wasn't going that hard relax yes you were I was going that hard be- that was before <laughs> Jordan Howard was out after Jordan Howard was out the, the the decision was easy well Ronald Jones went six rush attempts for eight yards that's it <laughs> what are you kidding me? Then Peyton Barber, 17 rush attempts. They gave this guy 17 rush attempts when he combined for, well, not combined, when he totaled 44 rushing yards. He had the two touchdowns, a two-point conversion, ended up having a great fantasy game, putting up 18.4 points, and just muddying that backfield again. Dude, if I am a owner of Ronald Jones or Peyton Barber and I make it to the playoffs, I am releasing them right now, just cutting them. I don't even care. I'll add someone later. I'm just clicking that minus button, and I'm hoping someone in my league adds one of them and decides to start them so I could play against them and they could get one and a half points. Because, dude, what? Like, I'm going I'm to tell you this right now, Michael. That's because you don't know. You haven't unlocked the code yet. Here's the code. Since week 10, this is a half-point PPR output. Ronald Jones, 18.6, 2.4. 14.2, 0.4. Point eight. So obviously, he's gonna go and get some double digits next week. Duh. Good luck with that, my man. <laughs> Yo, honestly, I don't know what Bruce Arians is doing. This, this, this reminds me of back in the day, um, in Chris, uh, in um, David Johnson's first year. They had like an aging Chris Johnson on the team, and if you go, those of you who don't remember Chris Johnson, Chris Johnson, the former two thousand yard rusher who CJ took the lead 2K. by storm. Yeah, CJ2K with the Titans. He he was in front of him. And Bruce Arians, despite the fact that every time David Johnson touched the ball, he looked at like the better running back. 
he kept giving the ball to CJ. Uh, I feel like it's the same here. I really do. I feel like it's the same kind of situation. Although Bruce Arians came to his senses that year and decided to hand the ball to David Johnson more often, this year, no such luck for Ronald Jones owners and Ronald Jones against an in a juicy matchup too. Jacksonville has just been getting torched on the ground, got torched on the ground again, except it was by Peyton Barber. So, I mean, Bruce Arians does not care about your fantasy team and he's letting it be known. Yeah, unbelievable. It's really bad. Uh, another unbelievable stat, and this is a stock down that hurts me deep in my soul. As you know, I am a Jets fan. But, Michael, we mentioned that if Le'Veon Bell does not blow up against the Cincinnati Bengals, it's going to be hard to trust him to have a blow-up game. Not only did he not blow up, he did not play well. 67 yards total from scrimmage. And, I mean, watching that game from Le'Veon Bell, we saw him make plays out of nothing a lot. Like, he... He willed his way to 67 yards and 3.2 yards per carry, right? So the only people out there that are saying, and we we watch we watch every Jets game very closely. So those people were saying that Le'Veon Bell has been disappointing this year, like yada 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 yada. In fact, I have his I have his his stats up, and you know, there's like a little video that has to pop up on every single website these days. The website's saying right now in the closed captions. Le'Veon Bell hasn't been good. He shouldn't have held out, blah, 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 blah. No, it's this offensive line. The Jets' offensive line is horrible. Unfortunately, for fantasy purposes, because of that, you're not going to get yourself a good running back. But if the Jets make some offensive line adjustments and upgrades in the offseason, Le'Veon Bell is going to be a great value in the second round next year. The only problem is this year he's not a great value because he is – uh, running behind that offensive line. And if you can't – I mean, they pass the ball over and over and over again against the worst run defense in the league. And that is a testament to um, Adam Gase and the play calling there. So, I mean, he's not getting the opportunity. Opportunity is king. Um, and he only had 10, 10 attempts. So, I mean, it doesn't matter who you're playing. 10 attempts is not going to do it. So, uh, especially with that offensive line. So, Le'Veon Bell is my stock down because there's just – if you can't go ham against the the Bengals, there's really no type of – there's no type of matchup where you can feel super comfortable. Yeah. Agreed, man. That was a rough performance from the Jets. My second stock falling, dude, is a player who's supposed to be amongst the best in the league and has been just not – for quite a bit now, and it's frankly a little confusing, but it's about damn time where it's just like, all right, it's not going to happen this season at least. And that's Odell Beckham Jr. Um, against Pittsburgh, three for 29 on six targets. Blah, 4.4 fantasy points. Jarvis Landry once again led the team in targets and receptions and receiving yards. Dude, OBJ is just having a disaster of a year to his standards. I mean, he has two touchdowns. And somehow he has 805 receiving yards, which looking at him this season, you would not expect him to have that many receiving yards. But you also expect him to have more than that. He's Odell Beckham Jr. That's 12 games into the season. So it's just that's 75 yards a game. Like, it's I don't know. It's just been really rough for OBJ. He's not finding the end zone. He's not as involved as he should be. He gets 
Cincinnati, Arizona, and Baltimore to end the season, so he can end it off on a high note. But it's just been weeks of trusting Odell Beckham in your lineup and being disappointed, frankly, every single week outside of Miami where we went 6 for 84 on a touchdown. So, I mean, I doubt you even made it to the playoffs unless you really worked that waiver wire. It was a big... Uh, a big downfall to draft OBJ in the first or second round, but man, that was it's been rough for OBJ. I mean, in one of my leagues, I have OBJ, and I am not going to be starting him in the playoffs. I'm starting Robert Woods over him, and that's just how it's going to be. He's been extremely disappointing. Um, even the, you know, he he has the target share though, like Baker's throwing to him, but it's clear that he has more of a rapport with Jarvis Landry, and it's clear that OBJ. Um, is this not the same guy that he used to be? I don't, I don't know whose fault that is. Is it Baker Mayfield? Is it the hitch in his step? Is it the offensive line? Is it Freddie Kitchens? Whoever's, whoever's fault it is, um, OBJ is not the same guy that you saw in a New York Giants uniform. Speaking of not the same guys you saw in a uniform, Mohamed Sanu is my next stock down. He came out with a bang in his first game on just like practice of the team whatsoever, received five targets. So that was like, whoa like this this could be something then all of a sudden 14 targets 10 catches for 81 yards and a touchdown going into the bye week you figure after the bye week he's going to be more acclimated with the offense he's going to be even better no dice whatsoever since that day he has played in two out of the three games he's gotten four targets and five targets has not gotten over uh, 14 receiving yards in either of the game Finished the the game against Philly, who has one of the worst secondaries in the league with four receiving yards. Um, he gets Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Buffalo, who have been stout against the run, against the wide receiver this year for fantasy purposes. So, um, Mohamed Sanu, it, it looked good when he was being, you know, when you when when you're the Patriots and you have a huge void at wide receiver, and then you release Josh Gordon and you trade for Mohamed Sanu, you're like, man, they must see something in Mohamed Sanu. He's just not even part of the offense right now. So uh, Mosa New is definitely a stock down for me and someone who I would not be mad at you if you just cut ties with. Man, what of a joke what a joke of a trade that was for the Patriots, dude. To trade a second round pick for Mohamed Sanu. Like on the surface, everyone already thought it was too much. And then like the way it's just been going for that offense. Pretty unbelievable. But yeah, I agree. It's been you know, super rough. The Patriots seem a little desperate this year. I think like you know, people are talking about this is their worst offense since '09, and then and then they're they they're quick to point out they won the Super Bowl in '09. They carried themselves with confidence in '09. This year's team, I don't know. They look like they're falling apart a little bit. They look like they're not confident. Now again, they're ten and two, so you know, take that with a grain of salt. But I don't know. There's something different about this team. They're trading a second round pick. They're on to their third center now. So it's just like. Uh, is is this the same Patriots? Because how many pieces can you lose before you know you can no longer play chess? Yeah. And that's the that's the question you're gonna have. They're gonna have to answer. Yeah. Oof. Oof. For the oof. first time, Patriots and oof, and yeah, they're right? ten and two. For crying out loud, they just won't stop. <laughs> My won't final stop. um stock falling. Jonathan Williams. Boy, did that experiment end quickly. Right. Eight rushes for 14 yards, one reception for 11 yards, and then Jordan Wilkins, who we expected to be the guy when healthy, went 11 for 47, looked a lot better, two for nine through the air. This just makes the 
way the Colts played against Houston, giving the ball to Jonathan Williams repeatedly, even more disastrous and disgusting and just hilarious. Because this guy didn't even have a big role this game the following week. Like, you literally gave the ball to your third-string running back repeatedly and lost against one of the worst passing defenses. Not for nothing, I was uh, on the show last week. I was on the train of everyone's just assuming Jonathan Williams is going to get the, the bulk of the carries again. I, I Jordan Wilkins was not healthy. Now Jordan Wilkins is healthy. He's number two on the depth chart for a reason. I definitely was not buying into the Jonathan Williams hype train this week. Yeah, um, that ended quickly. Give me your last yeah. stock down, Tim. I'm just going to reiterate this. I talked about it a little bit more before. Tevin Coleman's my stock down. Um, I think the most important thing that you see is that he, yes, he got the start, but five rushes for six yards. And, you know, I own him. I, I, I traded for him in, in a couple leagues. Uh, I had him in one of my leagues after that, after that big performance of his, I thought that he was on a, he's going to be on a roll. So he had the, he had the bad game after that. So I took advantage. I, 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 I sent some trades out. I got some Tevin Coleman shares, and it's been disastrous for me, honestly. Um, the problem is that it's not his role, and that's the most concerning part because if he was losing his role, then you could live with it almost. You could say, okay, well, um, when he does play, he gets – like Matt Breida, you know? Matt Breida, when he does play, he does good things with it, but you're not expecting things out of Matt Breida, so it's more it's – more, I don't know, safe. You understand what you're getting. For Tevin Coleman, he gets out there, he's the starter, can't do nothing. On top of that, Raheem Mostert proceeds to absolutely shred the Ravens. Absolutely continue to rip one big play after another finish with 146 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Tevin Coleman, since his four scores, has... Four score and seven years ago. Yeah, it seems like four score and seven years ago. (laughs) He's averaged 2.48 yards on 49 carries. It's 122 yards total. That is disgusting. Um, It it just, it seems like Tevin, like the dreams of Tevin Coleman being your locked and loaded RB2 seem to be a thing of the past. Um, I know for me, I can't go into the playoffs next week trusting a uh, start from Tevin Coleman. Um so it's it's going to be it's going to be tough to play him. It's going to be really tough to play him. Yeah, man. I can uh can't disagree with you there. It's it's rough. It's rough. Yeah, it's rough, man. But yeah, that's the uh that's the review episode, folks. Folks is gender neutral. Folks is definitely gender neutral. So, yeah. Good job, um, Michael. You're growing. Oh, uh, like, again, you- see when I uh, when I host, I forget to plug. Uh, go to Thrive Fantasy, um, code B-R-O-T-O, Broto, the name you know and love. Deposit $10 or more. We will match your $10. Uh, it's prop betting. Easy cash if you ask us, so go check that out. None of us have lost money yet playing on there. Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy if you want to support the show. We got a lot coming for postseason as well. It's not just going to be a football season thing. We're a year-round podcast, and we'll have year-round fun for your ears so keep an eye on that and support us if your heart desires check out brotofantasy.com for true throw and true target values a stat only on brotofantasy.com which really has we don't just say it because we made it it really does make a big difference in all of our fantasy leagues and 
it's a big reason why it, it buoyed us even more we are already good fantasy players and then we have this stat now and it just makes us even better and we're sharing it with all of you so take advantage of it and check it out on protofantasy.com and and we should have probably plugged this earlier we'll plug it earlier on the wednesday episode but we are going to add something to the list of things that we're already doing to help you in your fantasy team every sunday we are going to be doing a live stream on instagram that's right a live stream on instagram we'll be it's taking a live questions we'll be taking your questions every sunday morning helping you make your start sit decisions um those people who depend on us on twitter will still be answering your texts on twitter we'll also be giving the reasons why we are picking that on the the Instagram live. It's at Brodo Fantasy on Instagram. So make sure you follow. Make sure you check out that Instagram live. We're going to be coming to you live for quarter for the semifinals. I mean the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and the final round. So uh, something that we can look forward to for sure. Um, we are we unfortunately got eliminated from our football playoffs. So our Sunday mornings are free and no better time to spend Sunday mornings than with you guys answering your fantasy questions, talking about things that you can't talk about on a Wednesday, right? Like how is the weather going to affect going on, the injury reports, the game time decisions, uh, any type of coaching decisions that we hear from uh, pregame, any pregame nonsense that the players get into sometimes. Look, we, we didn't – Robert Woods, for example, got two weeks ago – ended up not showing up because of a personal reason uh, 10 minutes before game time. We will be there with you. We're going to try and start around noon, although we did not set a time just yet. We will have the time set by Wednesday, but make sure to be on Instagram Live um, on on Sunday mornings, 14, 15, and 16. Bada bing, bada boom. Buddha bang bada bada. Tim, where can they find you? At Tim Petrov on all social media outlets, but only if you feel real frisky. Real, real frisky. You can find me at Mike underscore Petrop. You can find our special guest Jason at Jason Petrop. You can find us on Twitter at Brodo Fantasy, at Brodo Fantasy on Instagram, uh, BrodoFantasy.com, BrodoFF.com. They go to the same place, folks. So check that out, and thank you for listening. We will see you tomorrow if you're a patron. Later. Later.